Leafs Nation postgame. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. Unfortunately, for the last time this season, the Leafs season coming to a close tonight. A hard-fought game, and boy, oh boy, is there plenty to chew on. Gordo, I've leaned on you all season long. If there's ever a night I lean, I need to lean on you, it's now. I am going to let you start us off. Where do we begin with a 2-1 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 7 of their first-round series? Where do we start, Gordo? Well, I've enjoyed our first year together, uh, but I have to say I'm really tired of this. I did this with Rick Natras. Mm-hmm. I did this with Mark Osborne. I mm-hmm. did this with Todd Alushko. I did this with Mark Savard, and now I'm doing it with you. And so there's lots we can stop. The, hey, I'm getting all kinds of texts, and people competed hard. They did. They really did Great. this time. Yeah. They really did. But it's underwhelming, again, to be in this position again. Washington, Boston, Boston, uh, Columbus, Montreal. Tampa Bay, whatever, year after year after year after year, just does not cut it at the end of the day. It just doesn't. It doesn't. The big picture. Um, the compete factor, this team competed a lot a lot better than certainly the last two playoffs that were extremely underwhelming. So I, I, I really like this team. I, I really like this team. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed for this team. But, you know, tonight reminded me a lot, a lot Brent, like last year, like, like Andre Vasilevsky has a stat – the last five before this game, mm-hmm. playoff clinching games for the Tampa Bay Lightning, he had a shutout in each of the five games. Stunning. And someone just texted that to me, and then the Leafs scored. But it was almost like this was almost like the one nothing win that they had in Game 7 last year over the Islanders, the Tampa Bay Lightning. This was 2-1, and the Leafs really, really you know, pushed in the third period. But they're blocking shots. They're doing whatever. And, you know, they, they took the lead in the opposing barn, and they held it, and um, it, just, it just was that. So I'm, I'm underwhelmed because I know the Leafs' firepower, which wasn't there tonight. I know they tried, but at the end you got to execute, and I give Tampa Bay Lightning a lot of credit for that. But, man, I, th- this would have been – we would have been so – like this would have been like the Raptors winning the NBA championship tonight, that, that kind of thing, a step down from it, but comparable. And here we are again, really, really? This is this this is this is what it is again. This team four years ago that Joel Quenville talked about coaching the Chicago Black Blackhawks when they played the Leafs said, "Man, I remember we got Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and I can see so many comparables." And we're here again, again. And, and there's lot and there's lots of positives you'll talk about and I'll talk about, but we're here again. Yeah, Head that's that's ex- that's exactly it, Gord. I mean, and look, I know if you're sitting out there listening. I want to complain about the officiating. I will complain about the officiating, but that's not where we can start, okay? You nailed it at the end there. It, it, that third period did look a lot like that one nothing win that the Lightning had to close out the Islanders last year. And, you know, did the Leafs have a ton of puck possession? Yes, but man, oh man, the amount of times they're just doing laps around the offensive zone with nothing to show for it other than a blocked shot. And his Look, you know, I forget who it is who has the quote, but the other teams trying to would be a great sports book. I understand the lightning. Yes, they were packing it in. Yes, they were blocking every shot. Yes, that's what the heart of a champion looks like. But that's the difference in the game tonight. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky was incredible. And hey, there's a world where you put 50 shots on him and you only get one past him. It's entirely possible. That's where, you know, the in terms of the the play tonight, that's where the frustration lies that they just couldn't get 
anything through at the end. And I'm not putting this on one guy. This isn't Morgan Riley couldn't get the puck through on the power play. This isn't Austin Matthews couldn't get it through. Nobody could get it through in the third period. It just felt like a a forest of bodies in, in front of Vasilevsky every single time a guy had a, a look. And, you know, that's that's where the frustration lies for me. And that's what a team like Tampa knows how to do. They know how to close not only games, but they know how to close series as well. And that's the question we we always, we always, we always have about this Leafs team. Now, the one good thing about this, you touched on it all. This wasn't a group that folded. This wasn't a group that came out flat. This wasn't a group that spotted Tampa a 2 nothing lead. And, you know, maybe this is as good a time as any to talk about the biggest kind of swing point in this game tonight. This team, previous iterations of this team, would have completely gone in the tank after that Tavares goal got, got wiped out on what I think is a okay interference call, but you have to then call 25 interference penalties a game. That that was maybe the most, if you're sitting here going, what are the things that you can take out of this game? Do you have to make changes? Is the core flawed? I think the fact that they were able to bounce right back after getting, I don't know, jobbed for lack of a better term, on that call, that was maybe the most encouraging thing about, about tonight's game to me was the fact that they had all of these just crestfalling moments. You know, the, the Tavares goal getting wiped out and then Paul scoring just a couple minutes after Riley ties it up and they came back and they had pushback. This wasn't a group that folded. It wasn't a group that was flat. It wasn't Jack Campbell saying, here, Tampa, go ahead and have this game. I mean, yes, he got a goaltended because it has to always happen in a Leafs playoff series, but it wasn't Jack Campbell's fault either. And I think maybe that's the most frustrating part about this, Gord, is that it'd almost be easier if it was the Alex Kerfoot gaffe from the other night or, you know, we'll go back to last year and it's Galchenyuk with the, the backhand into the, into the middle in overtime. It's almost easier if that's the case. Outside of guys wearing stripes, I don't know who people are going to be pointing fingers at tonight. And the Leafs didn't lose this game because of the officials, but I think that's where most people are, are going to go with the quote-unquote blame. Well, it's not the place to go, though. It's uh, you, you got one goal. You hardly had any shots on goal till the third period. Uh, it, it's... Um, you know, you, you like I know Jeff O'Neill, O'Dog's not with our he's with the, the opposing network, but he just talked about you, you can't have like a Kerfoot moment that happened last game. You, you can't do that. And, you know, when and again, Muzzin fell. I understand that. But just before he fell, if you're watching the play, you're thinking, I think the lightning were ripe to get too many men on the ice again. They were kind of screwed up on the bench. And mm-hmm. then he flat out fell. And then T.J. Brody got caught puck watching and T.J. Brody's had a great year, you know. And Nick Paul, the trade deadline pickup, like like Max Domi earlier today for the Carolina Hurricanes, and gets that goal that Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner or John Tavares or William Nylander, you know, you you hope would get. So uh, I um, I I agree. Right after the Tavares goal, there's there's that pick and there's that disappointment. And and again, it's it's I don't there's no quit in this team. I'm never going to use that word. About this, I like this team so much, and but the but part of the problem is we're 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 comparing it comparable to the pathetic endings in Columbus and Montreal, which is the core of this team. So okay, great, they've grown from that. So great, you know you you know like you again to go back to when Joel Quenville made that remark. Um, it, it, <laughs> he had to win a playoff round by now. He had to some way, shape, or form win a playoff round, and this one was a lot more difficult than Columbus or Montreal or against Boston when you had a 3-2 lead and were up one nothing in game six at home. This was more difficult, but you blanked those ones away, and this one you competed, but 
the thing about winning. Thing about winning, you 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 didn't find a way to win. No, you you didn't. I I gotta. I have to get in my not even licks because I don't think it was an outright unfair or you know they're coming after the Leafs or anything like that. But the problem is for me when you wipe out the Tavares goal on okay, like if we're gonna live in the world where that's an interference penalty, that's fine. On Nick Paul's first goal, a Lightning player is sitting on David Camp at the Leafs blue line as as Camp's trying to get back in the play. You mentioned Muzzin falling on that play, and hey, he fell before this happened, but Alex Kalorin's holding on to his stick the entire time that's happening. Like The problem for me is once you go ahead and wipe out a goal in a moment like that, and again, kudos to the Leafs for coming back and bouncing back and finding life after it. It's just that's the problem for me is that when you have a goal get wiped out like that and you can sit there and point to two other plays on lightning goals and say what happened here that that's where the frustration just so belies me but you're right Gord you you have to find a way to get more than one and I do have to bring up one other one other officiating moment in this game so there is a there's a terrible I think it was a hook call on Palat in the third period that gave the Leafs the penalty and I'm sitting there going oh okay that's the David Kampf moment right there that's the penalty that should have been can this team take advantage and then William Nylander is pulled down in a scrum right in front of the net and that's a trip and just like two nights ago in Tampa they get the five on three and that's the death knell and they come back and they win it in overtime and it's just is it the ref's fault no it's not but I cannot sit here doing a post-game show and breaking down the poorest mode I feel like I'd be doing Leafs Nation a disjustice or an, un- an injustice I don't know words have lost all meeting I'm I'm so uh, rid- uh, g- uh grief ridden here at the at the end of this and so <laughs> I feel like I have to bring all that up and and Gord I I know you're you know you're you're more mature than me you've been through this a couple more times than, well, I don't than know I if have. I'm more mature I don't know okay. if I'm more mature but okay well but... I just I'm happy you let me get that off my chest yeah. because yeah, I, and... I, I it's all I all night and it's all that's ringing through my brain but there's so much more to the game than that so i'm happy well, yeah, to talk yeah. about and, it and when you are one down the refs will only call two things if you if the puck goes in in the crowd the delay and a game a that's stick. an obvious one and then the stick getting up in the face otherwise you're right they'll 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 you know like they'll let things go and you're you're not wrong about that but i would say that would be a consistent non-call non-call you know but i'll go they had the face off with 19 seconds left goaltender pulled they won the draw, and they didn't get a shot on net. So nope. even though they started shooting in the third period, Brent, we talked about like the overtime goal the other night was uh, just an innocent-looking shot by Tampa Bay that, that got in. And Leafs outshot them, outchanced them, out-everything them, but still didn't do enough shots on goal, particularly in OT. This is last game. Because mm-hmm. OT, you're, you're, you're tired. Vasilevsky was more human in that particular game. And, you know, do you know what I'm talking about, that 19 seconds? Yep. Like, I know like, exactly okay, what great. you're talking about. They won it. Great. You're waiting. And, and again... And again, even though they started firing the puck a lot more often in the third period, uh, to me, again, again, that was a thing. Just get uh, being constructive criticism. So more, like, like, again, you kept looking, going, no, you had a better opportunity when you got the puck. And I know that's easy for us because the game's 1,000 miles an hour when it's on the ice. But, it, it, you know, it, it happened far too often that way, you know, just – particularly knowing how Tampa Bay plays like they're the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. So if you if if you're holding the puck for two steamboats, you're probably out of luck, right? Well, so yeah. and and that happened too long. 
too well, and here's the thing. You know, I'm just looking at the looking at the numbers now. Okay, 17 shots on goal in the third period. They had six and eight respectively through the first two periods. Like clearly, it was a point of of emphasis as the game went on. But you couldn't wait. You waited too long before you started really peppering Vasilevsky. And man, like Matthews had his looks, and Marner Marner was incredible. That might have been the most impactful game I've seen Mitch Marner play as a Leaf. And I know he's had five point games, and he's had hat tricks, and he's had a uh, basically a hundred point season here. I thought he was all over it. And you know, I, I know that you, I know that you wince every time you hear this point, but for a guy who had a rough playoffs last year and who some people felt heard about it a lot, there will be nobody sitting here going, what on earth was Mitch Marner doing in game seven? He was breathtaking tonight. Yeah. Well, him and Austin Matthews had great playoffs. Yep. And I still like, again, he had a terrible playoff last year. I just, I just dispute the amount of criticism, but that's irrelevant now that, you know, but you mentioned a stat. Cause we talk about the third period, 14 shots in the first two period, home ice advantage, last change, all that stuff, all that firepower that doesn't cut the mustard. Mm-hmm. And the first period was going to end zero zero. And I was saying to who I was watching and saying, well, that's good for Tampa Bay Lightning because you always want, and then they score. And I just was watching the Boston-Carolina game tomorrow, and it, or, excuse me, earlier was uh, the stat came out that whoever scores first in game sevens wins 75% of them. So now, all of a sudden, odds-wise, uh, that's not looking in the least favor. So that, that just doesn't cut the mustard. So the third period, they get the shots. Now that game, that game four in Tampa Bay where the Leafs won, right, and they held yep. on to that 3-2 lead. They were hanging on for dear life. Tampa Bay doesn't hang on for dear life. They hang on for it differently. It's not hanging on for dear life. They know how to play with the one goal lead in the third period. So even though you're getting all those shots against them and all that happened, and and then, hey, Andre Vasilevsky, we started our commentary about the guy plays ordinary. Uh, How many seven-game stretches do you get seven ordinary games out of Andre Vasilevsky? You know he's due. So. That's all of a sudden you got through. Let's go back to the first two periods. Like when you're supposed to, when you're like, like, never mind. You shouldn't, you know, theoretically, if you're one of those teams that is deserving of going to the Stanley Cup, that knows how to win in playoffs, like you're, you're, you're not in the third period down after only 14 shots on home ice with last change. No, that's exactly it. it there, there had to be, and it's, Again, this is this is different. It is different from the last few years. This wasn't a team that, you know, I think it was Nylander who had the comment that, oh, we've come out and we played passive. It wasn't necessarily playing passive, but it was almost that they were expecting Vasilevsky to have that, that game where he stands on his head. And, you know, we made this comment after, I actually think it was the last game. You can't pass the puck into the net against this guy. Sometimes you just have to let it fly. And it did feel like, especially early on, it was, okay, we're going to have to get the perfect, you know, kind of tic-tac-toe passing play just to get it past this guy. And, you know, who knows if, if the game is different, if you, if you pepper it, uh, if, if you just start peppering him with, with shots. You know, another guy who I thought had a, had a lot of jump tonight, and honestly, it was maybe... Maybe the most I've noticed him in the series, or at least uh, until the first couple games, uh, was Ilya Mikheyev. You know, he had a few chances. He had one in the third period where he tries to shoot it short side on Vasilevsky. And that has to be the first time this year that he hasn't cut it wide around the goalie and tried to use uh, use his backhand there. I could not believe that uh, from, from Mikheyev. But I, I liked his game in the third especially. I thought he showed he showed a ton of jump there. And it, it was maybe one of the better games of him from, from this series. Because, again, you know, heading into this series, Series and, and after the first game, so much of the talk was, hey, maybe the Leafs are the team 
that have that super line, that they have the third line. And it's it was Mikheyev and Engvall, uh, you know, specifically. And I thought the two of them kind of, you know, had a dip in the middle of this series. But I thought Mikheyev specifically really jumped out tonight. So, you know, this is a way better last game that the Leafs got eliminated to break down compared to in Boston, Freddie Henderson having the worst game of his career. Uh, another year, Jake Gardner having the worst game of his career to Columbus and Montreal, which were um, um, unconscionable how horribly they played. So, so, so that's the standard we're looking at. And again, the, the points are very valid about there's positives. But, you know, I, I'm kind of going back to, and again, I'm using Joel Quenville as the comment. And I think, you know, decades ago, obviously, I think Bruce Springsteen is someone that uh, uh, has cut through the decades and ages who everybody likes. But there was a comment about some, I, I think the, the the writer for Rolling Stone magazine, which was hugely influential, said, I've seen the future of rock and roll and it's Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> like in 1973 or something, like whatever it may be. So my point being is Joel Quenville, um, when he talked about it four years ago, I've seen the future of the Atlantic Division and it's the Toronto Maple Police Now, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, at that point, the Tampa Bay Lightning weren't the Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup champions, but that's okay. They could go on and win Stanley Cups, but the future could be the Toronto Maple Leafs still in, in, his, in, in his commentary and his compliments. The future is now the Florida Panthers. The mm-hmm. Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers are where the Toronto Maple Leafs had not been able to get. And four years ago, they weren't even in the mix, weren't even in the discussion. Joel Quenville ends up becoming their coach for a bit a couple of years later. And now it's the Florida Panthers who the Tampa Bay Bay Lightning will take on. Like, really? That's what happened? At some point, this team was going to supplant the Boston Bruins uh, and the Tampa Bay Lightning ahead of the Atlantic Division. Haven't done that. And now the Florida Panthers now have come from behind like that, what's it called, strike it rich, that horse in the Kentucky Derby. That's right. And yeah. is, is that where we, and I include me, because I'm Leaf Nation, is that is that where we sit now? Like, seriously? We sit in a worse place than we did four years ago with all that promise? Well, this is the thing, and Gord, this is, I'm stealing a point you've made all season long, but you've been bang on about it. This is why, and man, I hate that I have to go back years and years for this stuff, but it all is tied together. This is why not getting over and past Columbus is a problem. This is why not being able to close out Montreal is a problem. Because here's the thing, players who win early on in their career, or teams that win, cores that win, you know what it does? It begets more winning. Once you learn how to do it, once you have the belief in yourself that you can do it. Tampa Bay Lightning, you think they would have done this tonight if they were just some Tampa team? that had all the exact same guys but didn't have the muscle memory of of being Stanley Cup champs and having done it a million times. I always make this point about David Pasternak. You know, for so long, him and Willie Nylander were tied together at the hip in their NHL career. Who would you rather have? Who's the better guy? Well, here's the thing. If Willie Nylander had been on a team, and hey, he's part of it. Pasternak was part of it. But if he had those experiences of going on deep runs and winning rounds early in his career, one, it gives you more self-belief. And two, I think it does turn you into a different player and I honestly wonder if now this is what we're starting to see and this isn't to say that Matthews is flawed or Marner is flawed or any of that but it is that would they have that extra I don't know for lack of a better term it factor ability to close it out and it's not just on one or two guys it's on this team that's been together kind of going back to the Columbus Columbus series now if you would have just got it done one time and had that experience had that know-how had that belief in yourself I honestly feel like it'd be so different and and that's why tonight's the killer because look we all knew what it was coming into this series against the Lightning it's going to be incredibly tough they're the back-to-back cup champs 
all all the stuff that's been said. But that's why it was such a killer not getting it done against Montreal, and that's why it was such a killer not getting it done against Columbus. Well, it's interesting about habits, and and, and you know, see, you know, you look at. Those Boston series, not being able to close it out, coming out with your worst in the game number seven. Okay, fine. But the next part is flat out, and I, I, I hate using this term, pissing it away against Columbus and Montreal. So you're, you're part of that. You're part of something you had. And, you know, we at lower levels in whatever sports we play can identify with that to some degree. And that's what happened. So all of a sudden this year, you, you, you competed very hard. I mean, but I, but I mean, but you didn't against Montreal. You didn't against Columbus. Um, the games against the against Boston. You know, like you said, you had Jake Gardner with minus seven. You had Freddie Anderson, like the worst goals he ever let in. So you know they became the easy storyline. So the microcosm of this game are many, many positives. Even though you know one goal at home, last change, fourteen shots in two periods won't cut it against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But to your point, like like this team has learned learned to fall short. Together, as a team, with guys that have won. They've won. They've won in many other places wherever they played. But they've learned together to fall short, whatever it took, whether it's pissing it away or competing really hard and being up 3-2 and not being able to close the deal. Yeah, that's that's it. You know, look, look I, I, I'm not even saying this is a value judgment on any of these guys. Let's just go through the core of this roster. Morgan Riley, never done it. Mitch Marner, never done it. Austin Matthews, never done it. John Tavares did it, I believe, once with the Islanders. He, he advanced to the second round of the playoffs there. We can keep going through the core of this team. I don't know how many more guys are, are a part of it, but guess what? Outside of the guys who won cups with the Kings, never did it. Jason Spezza, I know Dallas. Hey, that was fun. He's one of the few, few guys. It's just you have a group full of guys on this team. And the other, I think the other concerning part of it going forward is you tried the thing where you said, hey, hey, let's let's bring in all this veteran experience. Let's bring in all this veteran know-how. But you need the guys who matter most to be the guys who who can kind of get through it. Man, uh, it's it's just... I'm I'm spinning here, Gordo. I'm trying to keep it all reined in, and there, you know what? Actually, there's two things from from tonight's game, and we have we have a couple of uh, some post game audio that we've got to hear from as well, including Captain John Tavares. But there's two parts of this game that we haven't really talked about yet. Uh, one of them, Braden Point getting injured. If, you know, we we it was Luke we were talking with last game, and he made the great point that if I told you Matthews was amazing, Marner was amazing, Morgan Riley had two goals, Andre Vasilevsky had been human, Jack Campbell was the better goaltender, you'd say, oh, Leafs won the series. If I told you tonight Braden Point is going to go down super early in this game, play one more shift and never come back, you'd say, wow, that should bode really, really well for the Leafs. And I'm not going to say it didn't matter at all, but I mean, look at what Point's been for that team in the playoffs in years past, and they barely skipped a beat without him. No, totally, totally. And, and uh, you know, it's Nick Paul that did the Braden Point things. And then when they had the 2-1 lead, even though the Leafs dominated in many things in the third period, they couldn't get a goal. So really, in a lot of ways, Tampa Bay, um, not and again, not playing desperate hockey, just being playing hemmed-in hockey, but playing it constructively, blocking shots, not giving chances, or a lot of chances, ended up winning the game. But, no, but you know... We're always quick to make injury excuses about Jake Muzzin a couple of years ago, John Tavares. Mm-hmm. Thank God he was healthy after that, you know, what have you. But Braden Point being out of the game is very, very significant. And uh, he'd been quiet, but unfortunately for the Maple Leafs, last, last game, game six, he wasn't quiet. And the Leafs could have used somebody being Braden Point tonight. That's what it was screaming for. Somebody do what Braden Point did last game for the Maple Leafs tonight. And it didn't happen. 
And uh, a lot of guys tried. And again, I go back to it. Um, I would have fired way more shots. But anyway, whatever it may be, a lot of guys tried, but at the end didn't succeed. Well, and boy, you say you needed somebody to be there, Braden Point. Uh, needed somebody to be the Nick Paul tonight. Man, we always talk depth scoring, depth scoring. Think of all the studs that are involved in this series. You know, we just mentioned Point and Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman and Matthews and Marner. And who's the guy who, who scores a pair of goals in Game 7? It's, it's Nick Paul. You throw that into on top of him. You know, I don't think it was malicious. Look, it's Game 7. The guy's going hard to the net. It is what it is. But he runs Jack Campbell. And ha- I mean, maybe we will always just think of this game as just another in the loss of game sevens for the Leafs but man uh, Nick Paul not going to be a popular guy at, uh, at Scotiabank Arena anytime soon let's see Wayne Gretzky better known name 29 years ago came back for his best game in game number seven we wondered if Steven Stamkos the local guy would do that again instead it's it's Nick Paul good on Nick Paul good on hey those are trade deadline pickups right an effective player mm-hmm. from the Ottawa Senators they picked up Brandon Hagel as well but I can't quibble here. The Maple Leafs with Mark Giordano and Igor Labushkin. Great excuse pickup. me, Igor Labushkin. I'm thinking of Igor Shosturkin being that name being chanted today, which the Penguin fans are eating now. But anyway, those were, particularly in Giordano's case, two excellent pickups by the Maple Leafs at the deadline. Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw Blackwell into there as well. I thought he looked really, really – I know you're big on him as well. I thought he looked really, really spry uh, on, on that fourth line tonight. Uh, you know, uh, we, we got to hear from some of the principals involved for – I don't know that it was the biggest swing in this game because, you know, the game changed so much after it, but I don't know that there's a bigger storyline coming out of it than the disallowed goal from John Tavares. Let's hear from the Leafs captain. John, uh, you guys look like you left a lot there tonight. Um, just your thoughts on, on the game and how the series is going to Yeah, um, it's a tight hockey game. Just didn't... Uh, make one more play you know they they made just one more that you know gave them obviously the, the 2-1 advantage so um guys competed it's just uh it's hard to explain it's obviously frustrating um hard to fathom still um especially the opportunities we had these last two games because you guys battled so hard in this game to seven does it feel different than the Montreal series you know, at the end of the day, we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. So, um, it just, uh, it stings, it hurts, it's disappointing. So, not really thinking about what was uh, last year or what's now. I think it's just uh, we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. We're obviously right there. Such a fine line, such a fine line. I haven't I haven't seen I haven't really seen it. I didn't see it. I saw it quickly on the bench. I didn't really see it. Um so I, yeah, it's hard for me to call him. I didn't really see it. Obviously I, I, you know he's not trying to interfere with him. I think he's trying to you know, see so he told me he's trying to just uh, you know, take his own space and you know it's one of those probably that can go either way. What was the difference in this what was the difference in the series, John? Hard, hard to uh, hard to pinpoint that one right now. Um, sometimes it's just timing and just making the right the key play at the right time, and uh, we did that at a lot of points. And you know um, our opportunities in Game Six, obviously a lot of good looks tonight, uh, tied it up, and 
right there had looks in the third. They blocked a lot of shots. It was it was obviously hard to get to the net, and we had to find a way. You know, you see why they've won and done what they've done. So hard to pinpoint. It's just a fine line. As much as this hurts, do you look at the year as a whole and and the uh, the young potential here, or the potential here to move ahead and, and make this uh, work at some point? Well, there's certainly no doubt the belief is strong in that locker room and, and how tight it is and, and how hard we're working and, and trying to find our way and break through. Just hard to uh, just deal with the circumstances right now. Obviously, just really difficult considering, I think, the belief we had in our team and the way we played this series and how close we were. Does it feel like you're making progress despite the result? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you look... Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to go all the way, and uh, we haven't been able to get past this uh, this hurdle here. We started off, obviously, we, we, we work all year long to build our game, put ourselves in a good spot, and to be ready for these opportunities. And I, I think uh, I think we were. Like I said, I think it's just such a fine line. Um, you know, I'd like to think that uh, there was a lot of good things this year, obviously, but uh, I don't think that's at the forefront right now. I uh, tend to agree. Look, there's so much to take out of this season. Franchise record for points, and, you know, not Tavares, but Matthews, 60 goals. Marner, close to 100 points. You know, easily the best year either of them have ever had. And, look, the, 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 especially the 60 goals, that's going to stand forever. That's always going to be a year we'll talk about. But, you know what we'll talk about? We'll talk about how it was part of this run. And it was an amazing regular season that ended up not being able to kind of get over that that hurdle of the first round. You know, I always love to think about the narrative and think about the way things are going to play out. And man, in a different world, uh, well, I guess I guess if game six went differently, we wouldn't have even had tonight. But man, Gord, in a different world where John Tavares scores two goals in a game six and one of those could have been the winner. And then tonight, you know, he has that goal wiped off the board. This was a guy who I honestly think, I don't know if change people's minds is the right word, but won people back over. This was a guy eating a ton of criticism early on in this series. Not enough. It's too fast. Doesn't have it anymore. He ate a lot of it during the regular season and still finished at nearly a point per game. Uh, I, I thought I thought the captain was great in, in the last handful of games uh, in, in this series. I don't think the Lightning are necessarily the best matchup for him, but in playoffs, you need guys who can kind of play it all different ways. And, you know, if you think about just the cap number, that it's always going to bother you with $11 million. But in terms of what you got out of John Tavares, the player and the captain tonight, man, it's I, I, I mean, my heart breaks for me, but my heart breaks for him that that goal got wiped out. Well, okay. Unfortunately, the um, cap number always comes into play. It does. And, uh, yeah, so, so there's nobody who cannot love John Tavares. You can't. No, you, you have to. Uh, but you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning team, it's not like guys are making $2 million, but by virtue of, of where their contracts are, they can slide a few more in because no one's mm -hmm. making 11 or 10 whatever. But you know, here, here's the thing, and I think it was Lance Hornby asked the question. Lance, boy, he's been around this forever. But, you know, like talking about moving forward and uh, you know, what have you. And I'm thinking, no, those are questions for other years. It's now, can you keep at it? You know, and, and that becomes tiresome, right? That becomes mm -hmm. tiresome when you said, okay, can you know, you, you haven't done this year after year after year. Like, can you lose weight? Okay. You know, whatever. Can you really finally <laughs> there. lose? Yeah. Well, yeah, we all, but I mean like that's kind of, it's not about like the future. The future is now there's no future future is now. That's it. So can, can you, 
Is like kind of is it worth keeping at it? And which of course the answer, you know, someone texted me right now and said, I don't think it's I don't think flushing the program's the answer. I definitely don't think flushing like like it's not a, like get rid of Austin Matthews, get rid of Mitch Marner, get rid of Neilan or get rid of Tavares, get rid of Morgan Marley. Like I said, that's stupid. No, no. That, that and and I think most fans understand that, but it's like this is unacceptable in twenty twenty two. This the, the number not this game per se. But where the Leafs, you know, given all that happened and seeing what the Toronto Raptors did when Masai came in and whatever, when you put it all together and you do it right, you know, and, and here it's like, OK, you know, because first of all, because the guys that took over, the team sucked so bad. You got a first overall pick, a fourth overall pick in Marner, eighth overall pick in Nylander, you know, whatever. And a lot of other great things were done. But hey, whoa. Like, wow, now, okay, great. So we've handed the baton to the Florida Panthers. And so next year we'll be here again, another great regular season, maybe the same, all kinds of records, maybe a little bit less, but again, a first round elimination, you know, like, 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 are we, are we, are we going to, are we going to like it? Not bloody likely, like, like enough. No, I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. And, you know, uh, you, you go back to, you know, everybody has their their quibbles or their thoughts about the way the team was put together this year. And when you bow it in the first round again, those are all very fair conversations to have. But, you know, it's if you look at the moves that were made last offseason, it's it's two that that bite you. And it's Peter Morazic and it's Nick Ritchie. Now, Nick Ritchie, with the help of a draft pick, they were able to turn into Ilya Labushkin, so they were able to get out of that. But, you know, I know there are going to be people sitting here, and we talked about the cap number that comes up. What could you have done with Peter Morazic's money? And, you know, I totally got the gamble. It did not pay out at all. And now you've got to find a new deal for Jack Campbell in all this as well. And, you know, I, I don't know that we've talked a ton about Campbell tonight. In a series where he went up against what we all consider to be, you know, the best or at least the best money goalie in the world, he was right there. And I don't even know, Gord, that we can say the thing that we always say in after a least playoff series that, well, the goaltending was fine, but they got out goalied. I don't know that they did. They did tonight. But I don't know that they did in this series, and it's just another another kind of check for all the things that went right for this team this year. And you just you you ran up against the back to back champs, and this is why you had to have a better regular season. And this is why you had to get it done before. But I mean, you, I, I do want to talk about Campbell for for a second here. It's just he he was he was fine tonight, but throughout this series, he was he was a difference maker at certain times. He got the shutout in game one, and it's just it's it's frustrating. And again, it'd be almost easier if you could say, ah, the goalie couldn't get it done. Not the case. Not at all. Not at all. And um, as you're talking, because I've said that this is the goaltending that Ed Belfour and Curtis Joseph gave them for six seasons, you know, back when they were winning playoff rounds. But I'm So I'm thinking it through now, and I'm saying that, uh, again, like, I, like, like the, tonight is bearing too much of the burden and memory and bitterness and sourness of playoffs of yesteryear and not playoffs of 20 years ago, playoffs one, two year, years ago. And so it's kind of like, you know, you and I and everybody out there and you talk about, so this year there's 89 games. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever number of days you go to work, whatever your worst day may be. Okay. No, it's not the case this year. Your 89th day of work was not your 89th worst day, but you know what? Columbus, Montreal, Boston, that's been the problem. That's what we live with in Toronto. Why is your absolute worst, 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 and this core group included, 
performance in those games that matter the most, most, most. So tonight, you know, our expectation, the bar is raised, which it should be, which it should be, okay? And this team didn't didn't make it their worst game of the season. This team competed like they've done all playoffs and by and large most of the regular season. But again, it wasn't good enough. Like what? Like, like pick a million other games that are your best game. Like you needed something closer to that tonight. Not fourteen shots in the first two periods. Not taking advantage of home ice. You know, home ice advantage. The matchups and all those things. Not getting more shots on goal. Not the one or two full pass. Whatever it may be. So this one, we're being a little harder on them. And if this was three years ago, I you know, or two years ago against Columbus, or three years ago against Boston, or last year Montreal, you know, we'd have an easier time you know, talking about it and the effort and battling till the end. Well, that's the problem. We still get pissed about the other years when they didn't and we kind of lump it all together, right? So, you know, again, like I say, when we look at the, to take away from the, the small picture, which we brought up many, many, many positives, I've totally agree with them. You got to go, you still go back to the big picture and, um, and, and really that's why, you know, decisions are made. That's why Brendan Shanahan was bought in. That's why he brought in Lou Lamorello. That's why he made the change, put Kyle Dubas there. That's why Mike Babcock was bought in. That's why the change was to put Sheldon Keefe in. Okay, understand all that. But wait, to have zero playoff wins? And, I, and I'm, I'm not being a jerk about that. Obviously, obviously, they know. They expected playoff wins. But I'm just saying, hey, come on. Come on. Come on. All these things were made, and you got zero playoff series wins, regardless that this may have been the, the the best competed of all those. You're still at the end. You got zero. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the it's the old Gene Wilder and, and Willy Wonka. Nothing. You lose. You get nothing. Good day, sir. That's how. That's what it's been throughout this. Very good. And very good. Were, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good uh, one. I thought that was a good uh, uh, little acting job by me and good very cola. Good. I did. I went back to the '70s for that one, uh, Gordo. I'm pretty pretty proud of myself there. Uh, we have continued to break this down. I'm seeing some quotes uh, come out, or at least uh, descriptions of the Leafs post game. Sounds like Matthews and Marner are pretty uh, broken up right now. And, and why wouldn't they be? They, they gave their all. They played a tremendous game. They played a tremendous series. Ultimately, uh, not enough. We're going to continue to hear from some of the Leafs. We may hear from Sheldon Keefe, depending on how long he takes to make his way to the podium. Also, our buddy Luke Fox may join us. Who knows? A little dealer's choice coming up on a, uh, let's be honest, a sad Leafs Nation post game here. Uh, Leafs falling to the Lightning. 2-1 is the final in Game 7. Brent Gunning and Gord Stellick will break it down more after this. Brent Gunning and Gord Stellick here, walking you through the post-mortem on another Leafs first-round loss this time. It is a 2-1 final in Game 7 on home ice to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Gord, uh, the guy who scored the lone Leafs goal tonight, uh, he has maybe the most perspective on these losses. He is the lone guy who goes all the way back to Boston many, many moons ago. Let's hear from Morgan Riley. Yeah, obviously, to your point, I thought there's opportunities there um, over the course of the game. Um, you know, good sequences. But, I mean, like you said, the outcome is obviously very disappointing. A lot of fans stuck around right to the end. Mm-hmm. You're recognizing how special the season was in many respects. What does mm-hmm. that mean to you? Can you still feel that pride? Yeah, we have a lot of support from our fans. Uh, we're very fortunate that way. Um, and in certain ways, there were good things that 
that happened this year. Um, and I thought all through the playoffs, we had a lot of support, especially the home games. The crowd was phenomenal. So, you know, for them to stick around is is is, is nice. And, uh, I mean, like I said, we have a lot of support here. And as players, we want to, you know, keep playing and, uh, you know, win playoff series for our fans and to, you know, make these runs longer. The disappointment the is the same, the results but did this feel different Morgan compared to past? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good question. I've been thinking about that the last couple of minutes. I it's not right now, um, you know, because the feeling is the same, the outcome is the same. Um, you know, whether or not there's you know differences or more positives or whatever, it's going to take some time to figure that out. Ultimately, the outcome is the same, um, which is very disappointing. Um, so, I mean, we'll break it down further, but right now, uh, no. Is your feeling the essence of this team, though, just needs to keep growing and improving little by little? I mean, record season, you draw that two-time cup champ, just a little bit more in here where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, a, it's a good question. I mean, I think you want to, I think you want to think that way, like we're like we're moving in the right direction, like we're getting somewhere. Um, you know, I think that the belief. Um, was different this year, uh, you know, within our group um, in terms of what, you know, we could have accomplished. So to answer your question, um, I think if, if if you're looking at it that way, I think there, you know, I think you're onto something. I think that there there is there is strides being made in the right direction when you talk about the regular season and what you're able to do. Um, but, you know, like I said, when the outcome is the same um, in the playoffs, um, it, you know, it makes it difficult to, to reflect on it much differently than you have in the past. Um, but with time, um, you know, I think we'll get a chance to, to think a little more clearly and, and to reflect with a little more clarity um, and try to find positives. We'll try to find, you know, the areas that, that held us back. Um, and just like, you know, everybody else, we're going to look to improve on those areas and um, ultimately become a team that, you know, um, is is winning playoff series? Is there a difference tonight or a difference in the series that you thought? In the game? In the game and the series, could have changed it Um. Well, you know, it's a it's a game of it's a game of inches. I think that there's always you know little things that go your way or don't go your way or go their way. Um, but that's that's the game, and I think you can't really focus on those things when I mean you look at. Um, a playoff series. There's, I mean, there's lots of things, and you know, when it comes down to the last game of the series, it's 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 kind of about execution. It's not as much X's and O's. You, you're pretty familiar with one another. So, in terms of, I mean, the game tonight. Again, um, you, I think I'll have to watch it back. And but you know, I thought for Piers' the game, um, you know, there's a lot of belief. There's a lot of belief within our group that we were going to be able to come back and you know, eventually get it done. Um, and, you know, I think that there was a reason to believe in terms of how we were playing. Um, I don't think that that was just made up. Um, I think that there were sequences that we were playing well and, you know, guys believed. And, you know, sometimes it's half the battle, but obviously not enough to me. The, uh, the interference call on Justin Hall, uh, leave you guys scratching your head? Um, I don't really know. I, I'm, I don't know the rules, really. That's uh, up to those guys. And if, if it's interference, that... You know, it is what it is. It's just a piece of adversity that as a group we have to overcome.
They're not taking the bait, Gord. I want somebody on this team to, to light up the officiating, but they are not taking the bait. Uh, I'm seeing some quotes from uh, from Sheldon Keefe as well. Uh, not even on his mind uh, in terms of the uh, the Justin Hall interference penalty on the wiped off uh, uh, John Tavares goal there. And you know, I it's been it's it's been a a tact of theirs all year, honestly, Gord, that they don't want to blame officiating. They've had chances, you know. I've come on here and complained about it more times than enough, but it's really not been something. And I think that's a good thing to have in your team. It doesn't do them any favors right now, but I think it's great that they don't look for excuses. And uh, I was going to ask you about that, but I'll now ask for a guy we've uh, broken down so many of these games with, our buddy Luke Fox. Luke, uh, I I. How, how you how you doing? How is the team? Well, what do we take out of this uh, 2-1, 2-1 loss to the Lightning? Boy, is, this is so different than Montreal. It's so different than Columbus. But uh, I feel the same way. And looking at the quotes from the players, it seems like they, they do as well. Yeah, I think Sheldon Keefe summed it up really nicely at the very end. He said that when they were going through that handshake line, he felt like he got a lot more respect, that the Maple Leafs got a lot more respect from the winning team than he had experienced in past handshake lines. And that was really interesting to me. But then he added, we're not in the respect business. We're in the winning business. And we didn't get the result. And he said, this one actually hurts more because the team was better, because they fought to the end. And they were right there. And I think that's what stinks. Um, it hurts more when, when you're closer. You know, John Tavares was saying how, it was a fine line, and Austin Matthews, you know, hushed voice, probably fighting back tears, you know, lump in the throat is like, we're right there, we're right there. And they're not wrong. I mean, this was a tight series. Came down to one goal. Uh, when I look at it, I, I, I don't want to think too much about this game because I, I think they battled hard. They ran into probably the best clutch goalie in the world. They ran into maybe the best pure defenseman, uh, you know, all due respect mm-hmm. to Kale McCarr, but Victor Hedman in terms of defending is just a beast. Uh, and they ran into two-time champs that have all the confidence in the world, and they came up a little bit short. Um, they should be proud of their effort. But when I think about the series, I think about how they were up one nothing and couldn't make it 2 nothing. I think about how they were up 2-1 and couldn't make it 3-1. You know, they're up 3-2 up two, two and couldn't finish the job. They had their chances to, to take a stranglehold early. And, um, yeah, they gave it all They gave it all in this night, though. Well, you know, and here's Luke where I could have handled this in other years, and I totally agree. And I like this team. I really like this team, this particular team. Mm-hmm. And I thought they battled hard, competed hard. But, you know, it's underwhelming once again. 14 shots in two periods, home ice advantage, last change, all that stuff. You know, I was just saying earlier, four years ago, or five, you know, when Matthews and Marner first came on board, Joel Quenville was in town with the Chicago Blackhawks and said, I've seen the future of the Atlantic Division, and it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. This reminds me of when we got Kane and Taves and went whatever. And here we sit, and the future are the Florida Panthers. You know, and that's why you got to look at, you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's just, and I could take these battles more, uh, great, but the putrid exits against teams they should have beaten Columbus, Montreal, or something yeah. these guys wear. So, uh, like, I, I, so I'm doing the minutiae of two. And the fact that, you know, he made the uh, – Shani brought in Dubas over Lamorello at some point because he wanted to accelerate the process to get to the promised land. You know, it, 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 was, that, it was that urgent. 
you know, just adds to it. And, and I love this team. People are texting. You can't, you can't break, you, know, you can't get rid of it. I don't want to, I don't, I, I love these guys. I'm not, you don't tear it down, but I'm pissed off. I'm like, I, it's underwhelming. And uh, I'm glad Sheldon Keefe added the last part because getting respect, that's three years ago. Now, you know, like, hey, did you, and do not bring up the word process whenever they do, whenever they have their post interviews, like, like whether it's Shanahan, Keefe, Dubas, whatever, don't, this is not part of the process. You got to, you got to find the killer instinct to win this sucker. Okay. You got to find the killer instinct like Masai's Raptors did to win this sucker. Well, I think it's interesting that you bring up Masai because if they do decide to keep all the same brass, if Shanahan keeps his job and Dubas keeps his job and Keith keeps his job, they keep all those guys. Uh, I wonder if they need their DeMar DeRozan moment. And I'm not saying, you know, the big guys didn't show up. Because if you look at the top five least point producers in this series, it is the main five guys that they built this core around. The core four forwards of Morgan Riley. Who scored tonight? Morgan Riley. John Tavares got taken off the board. Um, but in these last three games, all those guys showed up. Austin Matthews, honestly, these last three games, he's been the best player on the ice, I'd say, for both teams. Like, he's all over the place, throwing heads. He's trying to make things happen. Uh, I don't think you can fault the, the core of this team in this series. In past series, sure, um, but not this series. So what do you do? Because imagine these guys, same team, except for a few of the, the more fringe role players, all show up at training camp, and you're, sitting in, and you're sitting there, and you're looking at the faces, and they've lost six series in a row. They're, I believe, 0-9 in games where they've had a chance to eliminate their opponent. It's just... At what point do you feel like you may need to change the mix a little bit? So I wonder if that's the route they go if, if everyone you know, in the top keeps their jobs. Because I don't think Kyle Dubas um, built a, a poor roster here. I think they got, they got a really tough draw in round one. I mean, let's see how the Lightning do with the Panthers. But um, I, I think that you know, the quotes from the Lightning Room, they said that's one of the toughest series they've had to, to go through. Boy, that uh, that John Cooper certainly changed his tone now. Uh, once the once the final yeah. buzzer uh, tur- turned on the series, <laughs> ah, these guys they, are they? I don't know. Was there even another team out there? We just made so many mistakes. And to oh, I would have Austin Matthews on my team tomorrow if he uh, became available. So hey, look, it's all uh, it's all it's all part of the game there. Uh, la- last one for me, uh, Luke, before we let you go and and uh, you know go go right and figure all this out. I have tried to suck Gord into complaining about the officiating with me. Maybe I can uh, help you walk me down this road. This John Tavares wiped off goal. I understand it is interference to the letter of the law. Can you remember seeing something like that in a spot like that against a home crowd like that? I'm not saying the crowd should, uh, you know, affect the officiating one way or another. I just, I cannot remember a, a call getting wiped out in a moment like that for, again, yes, it, it is a pick. Yes, it is interference, but so are 10,000 other plays. Or, or Okay, that's an exaggeration, but 15 other plays like that a game. Uh, what, what was your thought when that call happened and, and your thought now that you've had a couple hours to sit on it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think maybe it doesn't get called if it doesn't result in a goal, but it's, it, you know, fans don't want to hear it, but that's interference. That was a pick. And it resulted in Tavares getting a little extra space and scoring a goal. Um, you know, Justin Hall apparently told John Tavares that that was, wasn't what he was trying to do. He was just trying to hold his space. 
Um, the Leafs took the high road. They didn't really complain about that. And honestly, you, you could go through the tape and you could argue about calls for both sides. I've been at every single one of these games, and refuse suck, suck chants have thundered through Amelie Arena and Scotiabank Arena in both of them. Both fan bases at times feel jilted by the refs. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to put this up that the Leafs lost the series because no. of, a, of an interference call. You have you you can't leave the margin for error that small. If you want to win and knock off a really good team like Tampa Bay Lightning, you can't leave it to chance over one call. You got to score another goal on Andre Vasilevsky, or you have to block more shots. You know, you, Gord, you're talking about um, the the defense defending and the number of shots, and they weren't getting enough to the net. Part of that has to do with the Tampa Bay Lightning willing to sacrifice the body. They were getting bodies and sticks in front of everything, and they defended hard. They defended harder than the Maple Leafs tonight and i think that was more the difference than the refs no i i want to be i you don't need me to tell you this luke i want to be clear this isn't the leafs loss because of the ref it's just when you we're we're going to be this this isn't in a conference final so maybe we won't have to hear about it for 30 years like i've heard about gretzky's high stick on gilmore (laughs) we're gonna be hearing about this one for a while let me let me tell you about that uh luke fox luke thank you so much i've so thoroughly enjoyed uh, all the chats this year love seeing your work and uh both on tv and on sportsnet.ca thanks so much man all right, well, thank you, guys. Have a good night. Uh, well, I mean, that, that ship has kind of sailed, to be perfectly honest. Uh, there he goes, uh, Luke Fox. Yeah, good night. Uh, I don't know that, that that can happen. Gord, I'm kind of joking when I ask you this question, but again, I come to you for perspective and to, let's be honest, talk, talk me off the ledge uh, a little bit here. Is this team cursed? Are are the Leafs, like, do you believe in sports curses? Because I, I, you know, I go to the Tavares play last year. I go to the, the, the fact that I'm going to think about that Tavares goal being wiped out for seemingly at least a decade now. You know, we go back. It's been nine straight chances. They've had how many cracks at it? Uh, are, are they cursed, Gord? So I'll bring up one quick stack as TV fellow mentioned. And part of if you get a power play, Leafs are now 0 for 18. Last opportunities from oh. trying to clinch a playoff round. They, like a good a good power power play should be four for eighteen. A great power play should like theirs should be five for eighteen. And ergo, what I'm talking about, um, no, not cursed. They just can't can't deliver at the most critical time. And this team that made the best effort of any of them is as, is somewhat unfairly getting lumped into previous years. But uh, the core group were part of those previous years that went out pathetically as opposed to this team that battled. So, you know, it, uh, like I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. You know that. And mm-hmm. I worried about this round. I picked them to win in seven. First time I've ever picked them. And, you know, maybe next year they win it. This, and I believe once they win it, the switch flips. And, oh, my God, you're full of confidence, full of pizzazz, and you're kicking ass like they did for a big chunk of the regular season. So I know, I know we feel like we're cursed. But, no, it, it comes down to analyzing being underwhelming, being underwhelming again tonight in the games that mattered to close out a series, and that's what they were. There it is. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you, walking you through the Leafs' loss in Game 7. J.R. Manitad, Brett Armstrong, keeping us on the air tonight. Thanks so much for listening all season long. It's been Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.